Welcome everybody to another edition of Forever Bristol City podcast and just when we thought the bad run had come to an end with a decent gutsy win against Preston in midweek we came up against another of our uh, bogey sides the uh, uh, the horrible Millwall Lions uh, because it finished at Ashton Gate uh, on Saturday afternoon City 1 Millwall 2 joining me are Mark Ian and Neil we're going to do our usual going through the uh, the match action uh, and obviously looking forward to two away games coming up this week which we'll be covering uh, both away at West Brom and uh, Reading but um, for me I came home I felt really uh, just really depressed to be quite honest and when I got home Mel my partner who came with me to the game on Wednesday she said What's the matter? I said, I don't know. And she said, well, what, how were they different to Wednesday night? You know, what, was it the same team? And I said, yeah. And it, it sport my Saturday because it just didn't feel great. But uh, I'll come to each of you guys with your uh, initial just 30-second 30, 30 wrap of the game. I'll come to you first, Neil, since your mic's open. Your, uh, your, your summary view of the game yesterday or Saturday. I don't think there was too much between the teams. I think at 1-1, uh, I think uh, Millwall would have settled for the draw. They haven't won away since March. We've uh, won four, drawn one, lost one of the last six at home. And uh, and I think the last 20 minutes would have petered out. I think the mistake that we'll come to in later on, Dave, obviously, you know, changed the nature of the game. I, I do wonder whether with closer on the pitch that would have happened, but... You know, I don't. I, Millwall are a team that stop you playing. They're not particularly yeah. expansive. They just set out to stop you playing, and that's what they did to us. Yeah. Okay. Um, Ian, your uh, summary view in thirty seconds or so on the game yesterday. We knew what Millwall were going to do. We knew how they were going to play. I highlighted it um, <clears throat> in a in a blog posting before who the danger men were, what the threats were. We didn't deal with it. Um, the, the problems that we've got at the moment, and they came through yesterday, our defence can't defend set pieces. Uh, only Huddersfield have lost more games. Only Hull have conceded more goals. Our midfield struggles to score, assist, to create. That's all four of them. And the whole team seems scared to play, very risk-averse and lacking in any confidence. OK, now, that's good. Sum- Sorry, Ian, that's, that's a good summary. Let's keep it short to begin with. Mark, your... Yeah. Uh, your thoughts uh, on the game, nice and short, and uh, but uh, I'm sure uh, uh, um, accurate, as they always are. Well, uh, like I said on OTIB, City can compete with the best in this division, combining attractive passing football with plenty of goals. But why do we melt away against physical opponents like Birmingham and Millwall, who seek to stifle, bully and play the percentages? Why aren't we mentally strong enough to be braver in possession and make better decisions in defence? That's the problem. It affects our decision-making when we're faced with teams like that and we seem to melt away, especially after it became 2-1. And rather than, than, uh, than, than ramp up the pressure, we really just melted away and, and Millwall finished comfortable winners. I just don't understand why we can't deal, deal with that pressure. What is, why aren't the players strong enough to do that? Okay, so it's a mental attitude thing. I mean, I was going to call this episode, I probably still will when we post it up on the, on the various platforms, I was going to call this uh, episode uh, Players, Tactics, Brackets, Manager, or both. But you're absolutely right. All three, all, what all three of you have said, you know, there's something not right. And we know this division is up and down. Anybody can beat anybody. I know Sheffield United did get a point yesterday, but look at what Blackpool were doing. They were in front for most of the game up there. It is a very strange uh, division this year. But, uh, you know, we've now got, what is it, four points in the last 21 with West Brom and Reading away coming up. You know, it is a crisis if we come out of the next two games going into the game against Swansea and we've not put any more points on the board. Um, I heard Nigel Pearson say in his preview of the game that of the 15 goals Millwall had scored, uh, 10 of them had come from uh, set plays. Um, The first goal, I don't want to get into minute-by-minute actions, we just do the goals and a few other incidents. The first goal, Neil, um, it was a recycled free kick. You picked it up, other people had done. Uh, The ball was played in. Fine save by Max, should he have held it, but they reacted a lot quicker and uh, 
two of our players didn't seem to know what day it was, did they? Your thoughts on the first goal, Neil? Well, the first goal, the most disappointing aspect for the first goal for me, Dave, is actually, if I take it all the way back, we were actually on the attack. Tommy Conway gave the ball away absolutely needlessly, leaving Zach Viner exposed. The guy broke down the left. Tommy Conway is running alongside him. I'm sorry, almost like the Masengo thing of Coventry last season or whatever, isn't it? He's got to take one for the team there. It's his mistake. He takes it. He doesn't. He bottles it. And then um, closer is left having to take one for the team on the edge of the area. So that's that free kick given. Then the cross comes in. The ball goes underneath Tommy's feet. So he miss kicks it. Chance there. We've got a chance to defend it. We switch off. Ball gets switched across to their right-hand side. Sykes and Vyman are just ball-watching, aren't they? Yeah. I've sent you, and people can obviously go on Twitter and see a very, very good little bit by Bristol City Analytics tweet that just demonstrates that Sykes and Vyman, not for the first time, because we had this on the QPR game, didn't we? When we hit the post, they hit the post there, and we were just standing still as well. Mm. So we didn't track our markers. We were slow to react. And it was a decent save by Max. Decent save off that, but... Christ, the guy had time to get up off the floor, take a touch, yes. and then shoot. And there was yeah. still no challenge on him because no. they're still all watching it. That's criminal. That's and criminal. I, and, I, and I think closer on that cross was the only one there. He looked and then he looked behind and he thought, shit, we're all out of position. He was the only one really to actually react. And then Viner was coming in to cover across him. But yeah, Sykes and Viner on that first goal, unfortunately. Yeah, Ian, your thoughts on the goal? We've been warned about free kicks, and you, you as, as Matt Withers said on the text, you know, you've nailed it in terms of we know what to expect with Millwall. We don't learn, and that is where you know <laughs> the manager said we needed to be careful. But those five minutes sight, God, they are statues. And as as Neil's pointed out, the bloke got up off the floor and still had time to whack it in. And there was also two people next to him that were completely unmarked who could have done the same. We got done by, it wasn't a clever set piece. It was the same set piece. And because someone's in a zone and they back out of it to another zone, no one goes with them. So, as I said on the last podcast, I've never seen a zone score a goal. So mark someone, stand on their feet. Don't let them jump. Put one in front and one behind. Track your runners, mark your man, physically compete. Now, it, it was a George Savile outswinging corner to the far post all the time. It's not like he put in six different ones. You think, wow, that's good. They must have worked for years on the training round. The guy on the back post either heads it at goal or heads it across goal, where there are people coming in who will then shoot or head the ball. Those people need to be marked. Now, it's all very well saying, well, we don't deal with sides that are physical. Um, We don't deal with sides that play. We didn't deal with QPR in the second half. They're not a physical team. They played. All right, right. they had some stronger players. A lot of our players aren't strong enough to play against a team particularly like that. Now, uh, and I'll I'll pick one out, and I'm not throwing the kid under the bus because he's had a decent season so far. Shouldn't have started yesterday. Um... Tommy Conway. Right, he looked like mm-hmm. in the first half, he looked like an under sixteen player playing in men's football. Semenyo's first first touch was a pass. And his shooting, I've never seen anybody slash the ball so wildly. And if you follow cricket, it's like watching a bloke that was sublime in hitting the ball through the covers, and he's now slashing it down to third man and over the top of uh, point. It, that's the analogy. He's lost and, all composure, hasn't he? It, it, and it, it, look up. I mean, there was a, a, an instance against Preston where all he had to do was slide the ball into the six-yard uh, box. I could play that pass. Now. Not <laughs> when I was playing. Now. What did he do? Had a shot, slashed it with his left foot, and it finished up, um, I, I think it finished up going over the top of the corner flag and into section 82. I mean, for God's sake, can't somebody sit next, get next to him and say, right, not this back to basics, non kicking f- foot ne- next or close to the ball. But if you look at him and his non kicking foot slips and he keeps doing it, 
And and we've got a battery of coaches down there. It's almost All right. they can almost have one to one coaching. And well, they can this when needs you look at that. Particularly and with it's not yeah, like, and it's not like we got a hundred hundred different problems. We haven't got a hundred different problems. And right. we've had just carry on. Let's get more into the. Time. Let me finish. I want to get through the game before we talk about what to do and how to resolve it. And Mark, I mean, uh, on here, you know, <laughs> we've got a manager who's a defender and the assistant manager who's a defender, but we do not seem to be able to organise the resources that we've got to defend. And as Loud Lisa said on here, and Ian said a moment ago, why can't we be? Ugly. We give away. We get players booked for little snidey little fouls, but you know they were a more physical side than us. Yeah, but what? What? How do you iron out those problems, Mark? Just being unable to defend dead balls because that's that's what it was, really, wasn't it? Uh, well, I go back. I go back to man marking because like Ian said they win every first contact. I mean, well, I've seen, I remember Brentford playing that that corner. Don't they still do? Just play it to the back post, and you head it back over the defence. To somebody at the near post and just take out the defenders in the six-yard box every time. If they're doing it every every single time, you should be able to read it. Don't allow a player to get a, to get a run on you. Just jump into them, make it harder for them to make that contact. We're just not doing it, and it's the same every single every single week. We look fairly comfortable against Millwall until and, and any side until they they get set pieces and our decision making is is just absolutely appalling. It's just appalling mm. decision making. Why do we make those decisions? I don't think Pearson says go out on the pitch and just, you know, just just stand stand still and wait wait for the opponents to put the ball in the back of the net. So where is it going wrong? What are they doing on the coach on the on, you know on the uh, on the training pitch? Well, as Ian said, as Ian said, you know, we got <clears throat> we got as many coaches as Peter Carroll, probably more so, and we got a particular forwards coach <clears throat> in uh, Jason uh, Jason Yule. Yule. But there we go. Um, Neil, start of the second half. Well, I, I called the subs, not quite in the right order, but I said based on the first half and in the second half, you've got to take off Conway and Jada Silva. Um, to begin with, he took off on the hour, he took off Conway uh, and Sykes Thanks. and brought on Wells and Martin. And then five minutes later, Pring came on. But uh, as Ian said a moment ago, Conway looks a little boy lost, not the guy who scored, what, seven goals and two assists already this season. What's the matter with him? Well, I think, um, can I just go back to the point that Ian made about Semenyo? Yeah, go on. Uh, I know the wing-backs we will do to death later on, <laughs> or the lack of crosses, or the lack of decent crosses. But after a minute, that was a hell of a ball by Sykes on the right-hand side into Semenyo, who just needed to put his foot through it, didn't he? And he completely miskicked. Yeah. Six yards, and that would have been a minute into the game, which would have completely dramatically. Yeah. With Semenyo at the moment, it's... It's just composure, isn't it? It's compo- he's trying too hard. That's what it is. Yeah, just needs yeah. To, even even he when he to... even when he put that ball into Wyman in the second half, that was a shot. That wasn't a cross. When he hit it across the six yard box, that was a shot because yeah, he hit it so he, hard. Yeah, he just needs his composure. It'll come. It'll come. Semenyo will. He's been through these type of things before. He will get there again. I am sure. He's just he's trying really hard at the moment and not making the best decisions often. In it, but going to your point, Dave. Um, Substitution. Conway, yeah. Conway, second half. I thought, well, it's, it's a difficult call with him because if you'd taken him off at half time, that would have been three times in the last five games that you took him off at half time. And I think that does play on a player's mind to a certain degree. But when, when they were doing the warming up, and I looked at the size of the three centre backs, Cooper in particular, the number five, Jesus, you know. Uh, we're trying to turn Conway into a mini Martin. You know, the ball's into him, the ball's in the air, playing him down the centre. I don't think he's that type of player. We're trying to make him more of a rounded forward. Interesting I... you make that point, Neil. Sorry to interrupt. Interesting you make that point because last season when Martin Martin was being picked week in and week out, I spoke to Tins at one of the Senior Reds lunches and he said Tommy Conway is a player in the Chris Martin mould. Now, Chris Martin isn't a bruiser. I mean, I reckon he's put on at least a stone in weight compared with how he looked last year. But um, it, it's interesting that you say Martin's not, uh, Conway's not a uh, Chris Martin, but Tin said he was one player capable of coming in. And he was. 
at the start of the season, you know, he looked every inch, you know, and you talk about players sort of, they run out of stamina. Well, there's players playing in the Premiership that are 18, 19 years old that are playing uh, every week. But look, he made the substitutions. Um, Martin came on uh, and Wells on the hour. And then I don't know what formation we uh, picked in then, but um, um, we got an equaliser. Uh, Ian, uh, the equaliser, uh, you know, 20 minutes to go, you're thinking, well, are we back in this game? But uh, talk us through the equaliser, Ian, from uh, how you saw it. Well, it outlines why Campering could start, but why Camp and and the penalty at the end shows why Campering may not start because Pearson doesn't trust him defensively. Jada Silva's a left-back, Campering's a left wing-back, and we'll leave it at that. Our wing backs can't cross the ball consistently. On the odd occasion, they might do it, but doing it one time out of 20 isn't any good. So, uh, Campering got the ball, stormed down. Um, sorry, no, it was it was worked from the other side of the pitch. Campering was in a very advanced position, got the ball, put a good hard low cross in. If the, the uh, defender doesn't deflect it in the net, then it, Andy Weidman stood right behind him and he's going to score anyway. So, um, yeah, and we should have done more and more and more and more of that. I mean, Semenyo did a bit earlier on, but he smashed across so hard that Weinman got there a couple of yards too late. Um, and it, it, it sums up the sort of season he's having. He's almost there, but not quite. And uh, he's another one that I'd, I'd put on the bench up at West Brom and let try using him possibly as an impact player. Um, mm. We were outnumbered in midfield yesterday, but our midfield is weak. Um, I've never seen, well, I think I probably have seen, but uh, there were a huge number of mishit passes, underhit, overhit. And when you look at players like Cooper, their centre-back, who's about 6'5", and then you see, and the size, he's like a wardrobe, and then you see him in our penalty box, and you see somebody like Zach Viner marking him. Now, Zach's 6'2", so he's, it's, it's not like you've got Hanno Masengo marking him, which we've had before. But yeah. it just looks like an under-18s player up against a bloke. And that's the difference between Conway and Martin. If I mean, we still played long when we had Naki Wells up front. He's five foot six. No. And we're playing the ball into him long. Bentley's playing it in long. And he, he's not doing that because he wants to. He's doing that because he's been told to. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry, but a lot of it is simple. To, if you're going to play with... Smaller, quicker players up front. You'll remember, Dave, when we had Riley and Neville up front, yeah. right? And we played the ball into the channels and they, they moved the centre halves out of the middle and that where they don't like to be. And you only had to see how uncomfortable um, Millwall's defenders were against Semenyo in the wide areas and he, when he was just pushing past them, taking the ball past them. So that's how you need to play. Now, yeah. if you can't play like that, then go out and sign some six-foot-five bloke if you want to bang it, and then he can flick the ball on to people like Vyman and Conway and Wells running past him. So, it, But it's just the same thing. Someone's on here saying, isn't it funny how we seem to be just discussing the same things every other we week? We do, but it's like every it's manager... Like every manager. Nigel's every press time. conferences... Nigel's press conferences, you might as well rinse, repeat with all of them. They're all saying the same thing. Let me come on to uh, uh, Mark, uh, Ian. Uh, Ian talked about the goal there. Of course, one thing I forgot to mention, it was a return to the side for or to the squad for uh, Thomas uh, Callas, whose last appearance was the last time Millwall won away, which was on March uh, the 5th this year. He came on for... Uh, Tim Close, who looked like something from The Mummy Returns after that uh, nasty head injury. And uh, as I say, we got back into the game on 71 minutes, but I'm going to talk to each of you about this individually. But dear, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, what proved to be the winning goal came um, five minutes after our equaliser. And I think the fans are split. Uh, I know what I'm going to say, but you first, Mark, the goal that proved the winner Who's at you know? Who's at fault, or is it a collective? Talk us through it. Well, 
we the, the the free kick for the goal is just over the halfway line. City get involved and there's like a, a five or six six man tackle, tackling competition in the middle of the pitch. Just what Millwall want to to break the play up. And they win the free kick. Hutchinson takes it, just tosses the ball into the area. Now we've got a line of defenders. Apparently, Max O'Leary shouted. According to Pearson, he said he heard a he heard a call. I think he said it was from Max O'Leary. You can hear but it on the video. He, you can hear it on the video, Mark. Why actually. does he need? Why does he need to come off his line to the to the to, to you know to the centre of the area when he's got a line of defenders there? All he's going to do, unless he gets, he's got to get, he's got to make a clean punch. He's got to get above those defenders, which is going to be difficult anyway. So Callas heads the ball, unfortunately heads it down. Of course, O'Leary is off his line. He's in no man's land, and uh, Zian Fleming. Just taps the ball, rolls it into the net from ten yards. It's O'Leary's fault. Although he calls, he shouldn't be there. Right. No way should he be there. Okay. If he's further back, he gets the second ball. He doesn't need to deal with it. It's a total absolute. Right. So you're blaming. Up. You're a hundred percent blaming o- O'Leary. I mean, it's yeah. interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that on the. Um, I think it might have been on um, Twitter. Somebody was saying what well, the manager is. Criticizing, uh, criticizing Dan Bentley for not coming off his line, and maybe Max was trying to uh, prove a point. And I have to say, if the player but not calls, with the was... not with the ball, not with the ball in front of him, though. I mean, if the, this is a corner, you can imagine coming off his line and, and challenging. Yeah, but not yeah. not there, not from a fifty yard free kick that's just yeah. tossed up into the area. It's just a percentage. Fair ball. enough. But Callas isn't listening, and Callas clubs in with that blunderbrust approach that he's renowned for. Yeah, diving in, a la Matt, uh, Matt Baker, Nathan Baker. So I think they're both culpable. But you know, um, Pearson is absolving, appears to be absolving Max from any of the blame, and I don't know where that leaves Dan Bentley. Actually, when Pearson said, "I'd sooner concede a goal like that through somebody trying to be positive than the three we conceded at uh, Birmingham." Neil, your comments. Uh, on the goal, you're blaming uh, Max 100%, but I'll also ask you about Pearson's comment. You know, how do you feel if you're Dan Bentley, who when that one went in, as I said to uh, the person next to me, Dan Bentley's probably going, ha, 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 I'm back in the team. Neil, your shout. Well, it's, uh, as we spoke about a couple of hours ago, Dave, the, um, for me, in that situation, yes, Callas comes across, takes the ball, and you've got Martin there underneath. And there's probably three people coming together who don't normally come together in that position and don't sort of work. But what Max does is a massive high-risk, low-reward strategy, isn't it? If he comes for that ball and collects the ball, then it's likely he's going to end up out of the area. If he punches the ball, it could go anywhere, and he's 20 yards off his line. So either way, it's a free kick from their path to the edge of our box where we have six or seven. You, that was Max trying to prove a point. Nothing more, yeah. nothing less. And I get what Pearson's saying about positivity because there was uh, a goal at Luton away last year, wasn't there, where he was stuck on it and the ball was lofted into like the penalty spot and Max didn't come. Mm. And Max has got a bit of a reputation on crosses that he doesn't come for the ball. So, yeah, Max is trying to be positive, but he was trying to be positive in a way that just didn't need to happen because you play the percentages in that position, don't you? If you need to come for the ball, if that ball was on the uh, six-yard box or penalty spot, absolutely he's got to come for that, but not on the 18-yard box. Fair enough. And really, I don't think any of those players would have expected it. And then, of course... What happened, happened. Say, say Max came for that and he punched it and that punch went straight through to Swemming and Swemming put it in from 20 yards. Max is still off his goal line, isn't he? He just yeah. doesn't need to, He just doesn't need to do it. Now, Callas coming across, well, Callas is Callas. He's an awful communicator. When he was captain, we knew he couldn't talk or organise to people, whether it's a communication thing, whether it's a language thing, whatever. Callas plays as Callas plays. And yeah, the keeper shouted for it. And yeah, the centre forward and the Czech, who's probably not the best English, who's had four days training after being out for seven months, has come in and he's done what he's done. But Max shouldn't have been there, should he? Martin should have been there. Callas should have been there. 
should Max have been there? No, he shouldn't. Okay. So, um, and what about the comment that Pearson's made? How do you feel if you're down? Well, I, I, I think I think it's quite obvious that him and Bentley have had a uh, exchange of views again. Yeah. And for me, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Bentley uh, go in January for a minimal amount, and then you've got Bajek. And we play with Bajic and O'Leary because dropping, he, he did this last season, didn't he? When they had a falling out, Bentley's yeah. out of contract at the end of the season. I'm sure well, he's going to walk anyway, isn't he? He's got yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure Pearson's thinking now, can I trust Bentley to give him another three year contract? Probably Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, I would agree with that. Ian, Ian, you sat there waiting patiently. Uh, I, uh, you, hmm, Callas or Bentley, uh, Callas or O'Leary or both. And what about? what Neil's just said, you know, Bentley's uh, future. And somebody's put on the text here, Badgick's still not fit, for Christ's sake. You know, what's what's going on? Badgick is fit. He's playing. Right. Okay. So, um, and Pearson was talking about it might be time to give him a chance in the first team, and then he picked O'Leary. No, it was Max's fault, in my opinion. He came when there was... He came when there was absolutely no need to. So what was what was he going to get from coming out to the edge of the box? All right, like Neil said, six yards, eight yards, yeah, okay, come out, catch it. He came out, he flapped at it, but Callas got there before. Now, Callas, to get the ball, smashed one of our other players out the way. I don't know who it was, somebody in front of me, he's, he's hit him flying, and he's headed it. Now, if Callas is going to head it, he needs to get distance on it and it needs to be reasonably high because, you know, no, I've never seen anyone score when the ball's 20 feet in the air. So mm. he was, they were O'Leary 95, well, 90%, Callas 10, because if you go and win that ball, you can't head it down. Any downward header as a defender is a poor header because it's high risk. And, um, in terms of Bentley, uh, there have talks have gone on about a new contract. We know that because he said so. Um, is he going to stay? Well, he'll be another one who probably need need to take uh, a pay cut, not as big as some, but decent size to get within uh, Steve Lansdowne, Richard Gould's budget. Um, if he goes, I mean, I, I didn't really understand why we signed another young goalkeeper. Um, but th- that might explain it. <coughs> Max is out of contract at the end of the season, but the club have got a one-year option on him. Yeah, but don't but somebody said with Max. To... Somebody said with Max, he's twenty-six years old and he's only played twenty-eight games. So for the sake of his career, he's yeah, really got to move he, on. Don't forget, he's... if if Badgett was fit when he came in, Max would have gone out on loan, and we and we had two offers to take him on a season's loan. Yeah, and that, that was what they were planning to do. But, you know, best laid plans of mice and men. We signed an injured goalkeeper. And I think it was, well, he's had one of these procedures we keep hearing about. He's had a procedure, but he shouldn't be out too long. And I think he was about out a couple of months, wasn't he? I, but I know Some he started that. playing playing for the under-21s and everybody he has that seen him has said he's played well. But under-21s and, and then going and playing Millwall is a whole new ball game. Yeah. Okay. Ian, Mark, uh, Matt seventy eight said, "I'm fed up with Pearson. Appears to fall out with, uh, appears to fall out with everybody." But uh, before we talk about the wider issues and look forward to the uh, to the mid to the midweek games, uh, it was what was it eight seven seven minutes injury time? I must admit, after five of those, I was wending my way uh, out of the ground and uh, crawling across Cumberland Basin. Uh, but I missed the penalty. I've seen it since. Um, there's a bit of not controversy, but you know uh, the managers sort of had a go at uh, Campring about the events leading up to the penalty conceded by Alex Scott and saved by Max, or do you say missed by a phobie? Do you think a phobie was being kind to us there, uh, Mark? And uh, the build-up to it, take us through that. Yeah, no, no, no sentiment from a phobie at all. Uh, although he clapped the fans when he came on, uh, lo- lovely guy. After what he had to go through when the, it was there, his injury and losing his daughter, so. Uh, uh, you know, th- there you go. But Pring throws it at Atkinson's feet. The ball's got to go into the area. So Atkinson loses the ball and a phobie's on onto onto Pring, and he passes it to, to their to their right back, right wing back, who just advances at the pitch, and they've got a two on two. 
uh, and he plays it across to Savile and Scott, instead of sort of pushing him out wide and making it harder, decides to, to push him over. So it's a definite penalty. And then the ball's too close to O'Leary to his left. He doesn't put it in the corner. He doesn't hit it the hardest. It's more direction, far too close to Max. And he pushes it out. But no, although we weren't going to score, surely that takes 30-odd seconds. It was still within injury time. Surely there's another 30, 30 seconds to a minute to go. But straight from the restart, I think Kaji took a slug at the ball and it went out of play, really, because mm. I think he heard the whistle in his ear. There was still some time. So I don't understand that at all. There was probably still some time. I'm clawing, you know, you know, uh, clutching its straws there to get the ball in the area. But it all started. Why don't we try and get the ball in the area? Pring throws it to Atkinson's feet. He's facing the wrong way. And then the mistake starts from there. Goes back to Pring. And a phobe is all over him like a rash. And that's where he lose the ball. Yeah. Halfway inside. Yeah. Halfway inside their half. It's just crazy yeah. again. It's interesting you say about Pring taking the throw in because, you know, we've got, well, Zach can throw a long ball, as can Callas. Now, the ball is over the far side of the pitch, but last desperate attempt, you'd sling the ball in the box. But I have to say, you know, remember the game at home against Coventry where we were battling for a nil-nil draw and, you know, we were playing like the away side and running the clock down when it was nil-nil in front of all the fans, uh, what, two weeks ago now. Okay, Neil, um... I know you're not a Zach Viner fan, and yes, yesterday he did, like everybody did in the second half, some sloppy passes, but I also thought he put a few good through balls uh, in, uh, in in the first half, through to the strikers, yeah? But we keep, well, two things, we keep saying about the midfield, and here we've got an England under-19 starlet and a player that we've been craving to have back, and an ineffectual out of sorts, what the hell's going on with Andy Wyman? Let's take that quartet, Viner and the midfield, and I'll lop Viman in there as well. But what, what do you say to that, my thoughts? So, what? which is the question there, Dave? Viner, <laughs> your thoughts on Viner? Thoughts right? on Viner. Thoughts on Viner. I've never been his greatest fan. I think he's a League One defender at best. But the last few games, do you know what? He's been okay. Yeah. Some of his passing yesterday, particularly first half, was incisive into the middle. Um, he'd gone away a little bit from these aimless long diagonals to the left-hand side, which he still does. But whether he thinks Jay De Silva is going to win a massive header on the on the left byline, I don't know. But some of his passing into the feet was actually very good yesterday. And he won some physical challenges. And I didn't see him have him too many of his, or, or if any at all, of his customary catastrophic mistakes. Um, they play a direct um, way. He's poor one-on-one -on -one against attackers and and Millwall are never going to play a one-on-one. -on -one. They, they had runners from midfield. Um, I forget who their number eight was. Obviously, 10 was Fleming, who's their guy at the moment, five and five. But their number eight, he got on the ball and he ran and ran all day, didn't he? Um in Mitchell. a way that we didn't. Who was it? Sorry? Mitchell. Mitchell. He was superb yesterday for him. Got the ball. And I think it was him who fed Savile through for for a free kick. So, so Zach, no, I'd have Callas there because I think Callas at right centre-back closer in the centre if he's fit. Obviously, they've got concerns over his head injury. Bring him off after 60 minutes and we probably missed his leadership and organisation in the way in which we saw at the end of the Preston game getting everybody mm. together. But... You know, Pring in that moment, I know I'm digressing, sorry, Dave. Pring That's in that right. moment showed showed why Pearson probably is going to go with De Silva again. Because like pressing away last year, game management in that position, you've got to throw in 90-second minute on the edge of their 18-yard box and you throw backwards to a guy not expecting you to throw backwards and they go down the other end and to all intents and purposes score. The, yeah. penalty, the penalty reminded me of... Scott against QPR at home last season. Do you remember when he got shoved by, uh, I think it was Dickey, wasn't it? Yeah. Who took him out and the ref didn't give it that time, Andy Davis, but gave it. I thought it was a penalty anyway. But oh, yeah. Zach, for me, Zach, for me, has been all right last few games. Okay. And I'm saying right. that as not, as not a person who is a massive 
Zach, Zach Vinefeld. I wanted to get but, that out of you. But, yeah. <laughs> All right, but, let me ask you. I'm gonna... I, think, I think in terms of him, fair play to him, actually. I think All it's right. helped him having closer alongside. I agree with that. I agree with that. I'm sticking with you, and then I'll, and I'll come on to Ian. But, uh, yeah, Scott and Williams in midfield. Just talk about those, and I'll talk to Ian about, about Vyman. But Scott and Williams, you know, I mean, I... And we're going to talk about formation as well. We seem to be outnumbered all the time. Well, Scott, um, Scott for me, Scott for me yesterday, he did a thing that he did against Preston as well that is a little bit infuriating. And whether it whether it's down to our training, whether it's he broke from midfield and he outpaced a centre back, a centre midfield guy, and he did the same against Preston with Johnson running behind him in true Johnson fashion, mm. and he gets to the edge of the. But he's about 25, 30 yards out, and then he stops, and then they pass it out wide. The amount of shots that we don't have from 25, 30 yards, I would rather we had a shot. It takes a deflection, anything can happen. This incessant need of getting the ball 25, 30 yards from goal, and then looking right and left to our complete ineffectual wing-backs, who are then yeah. going to cross the ball in 40, 40 times a game, to actually nobody in particular. So whether that is a coaching thing that we seem to get the ball down the middle, great, look wide, look wide, look wide, look wide the whole time. And it's not working. And they're it? never there. They're never there. I mean, Jay has got good, close ball control. I'll give him that. But other than that, well, not he hasn't a lot. Got the pace. He hasn't got the pace. He's to got get no pace. Anyone, He's got no he? pace. All right, Ian. Um, I'm got, uh, <laughs> Andy Vyman. Yeah. It's, the manager talks about playing, you know, you keep the shirt unless you're out of form. Andy Vyman's been out of form for six weeks now. Time to rest him, surely. Yeah, I would, uh, I'd, I'd uh, put Andy on the bench. I mean, I put a, I pinned a tweet with the team that I'd select up there. There's about four changes in it. Um, I, I think... Tell uh, us what I'd that team is, Ian. Go on, tell us what the team is that you selected. Okay, just I'm hang on, hang on. Hang on, just just a sec. Uh, the team is in a straightforward three-five-two formation. So, with fitness and injuries, we can, unless Naismith or James are available, and I'm assuming they're not. Uh, Ak- Ak- O'Leary in goal. Um, chuck him out for just for one mistake. Atkinson close. Viner King is a holding midfielder. Scott and Sykes in midfield. Tanner and Pring as wing backs. Martin and Semenyo up front. Because I think Semenyo, in a funny way, Semenyo needs Martin to play off. Because Semenyo's mm. not really... You could talk about playing four-five-one and putting Semenyo up front, but his, his, in terms of hold-up play, he's not the best. He's pretty good when you... If you play the ball into his feet and he can... Someone's close, gets touched tight, and he turns them, they're done. Um, so he can do that. But I think having... Martin's physical presence. And you talk about the difference between Martin and Conway. Martin's a 32, 33, 34-year-old bloke, whatever he is. And Tommy Conway, what's he, 19? So, yeah, 26, 26, he'll, 26. He'll, he'll come again. He, he's a good player, um, but he needs, he's, like Andy Vyman, needs to be out the team. Because Andy Vyman, a couple of times, Jesse, we were going to break away in the first half. And we had a great chance. We were... We had three against three at the back. Andy Vyman gets the ball and toes it five yards in front of him. That's not Andy Vyman at his best. So he he needs to come out the side for a little bit, put Andy King in, in that midfield holding role, unless Matty James is available. But like I say, I'm assuming that the four players that are currently injured, we know two are long-term, so we're not going to see Benarus and Wilson until January. All right? Yeah. So you've got the other two... Um, at the moment, Naismith and James, and hope they said ten days the same time as they said ten days with Callas. So I'm expecting they might be available for the Reading game. So that's the that's the team that I would pick to play West Brom because West Brom played yesterday under their new coach Richard Bill, and they played three four three. And you look at who's their Richard team, Bill, Ian? Who's Richard? Where's he come from? He was, I think, he he's an interim manager. Of course, when they sacked Bruce, they got rid of. Uh, all of his entourage as well, including his son. Right. Um, they got rid right. of his entourage as well. So this guy was probably the under-21 coach or the academy coach or something he's, like that. And but he's they, not related because the guy who's QPR is called Beale as well, isn't I he? Michael Beale. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, d- I, don't, I don't know. But I, I think 
Um, that's the team I'd pick because I think you need help in midfield. Now, I'd play Sykes and Scott because they still give you some attacking threat from midfield. Not like Andy Vyman at his best, but Andy Vyman's not at his best. So, like yeah. anybody else, you can't, on the one hand, drop Bentley on because of the Birmingham game or whatever, and then say, well, Andy stays in the side because he's, he's that good. Even when he's out of form, he stays in the side because that, that doesn't just gel with me. With uh, no. ta- I think Pring will cause problems on the left going forward. Tanner's not a bad player going forward, no. but he's a better, far better defender than... than um, well, you're Sykes. almost heading... Yeah, I mean, I like I, there's there's aspects of that team I like, Ian. To be honest, I mean, I think having um, what do I like about it? The extra man in the middle, that's the key thing. And I think if he's fit, then I think probably Callas. Looking at your team, Callas would come in maybe at the expense of Viner, yeah, but he's not. A bit I, I don't. I don't think he can do ninety minutes, Dave. I looked at Thomas yesterday. And he right. looked like he bulked up a little bit. And I would prefer to see him... Is that a polite way of saying put on weight, Ian? Yeah, well, he, he's... I mean, if you're not playing every week, and bear in mind, he's not played since March. So... He's not even played... Has he, he's had half under 21 game, hasn't he? I don't think he's... I don't know if he's even had that. But if, if yeah. I would prefer to see him on the bench again, or if there's an under 21 game, play... 60, 70 minutes of that. I would prefer that uh, than Start. I'm not going to say rush him back because he's been out since March. But and I was really glad to see him play, fitting on form. He gets in the team. There's, as I said last week, there's no doubt about it. But um, we'll have to see how the, the head cuts are. I mean, they they weren't treated as concussion, which is good. Um, so, or I'm assuming they weren't. Uh, because we we didn't have an extra sub or anything like that, so let's let's hope uh, that Tim Close is available. And uh, if if you put that in, you're then effectively you're you're defending with eight or nine. We know that Martin and Semenya will drop back in and work. We know that Martin is effective, quite effective at defending set pieces as well. And let's be honest, we need all the help we can get. Um. But we're we're not a very big physical side, you know. We haven't got the Aiden Flints and 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 the Adam the Adam Websters and Callas went in there from the start. So when you got those players in, we might be a bit better. And somebody said um, to me, "Well, Naismith and James could be back." And I said, "Yeah, but we were still conceding two goals a game." And and just a quick final point, if. Um, we're third in both tables. So goals scored, we're third. Goals conceded, we're third at the moment. Um, and Huddersfield are only above us in that because they play two less games. So yeah, defense you know, is the problem. We, we can is all it, see where the problems are. Yeah, we have. We can. Uh, Mark, Mark, uh, time for a change of formation. This rigid acceptance of playing with wing backs that don't perform as wing backs they're clearly not up to the the task so you know surely it's time to go to a flat back four and do a four three three or something like that yeah but yeah i mean you? i think the i think the problem's the movement i mean you know earlier in the season we win the ball on the edge of the area and we're on our toes we're great in transition at passing the ball to feet you know, look at the goal that we goals we scored against Blackburn Rovers when we were calm, were calm, win the ball. Vimans go, you know, goes to the right and, and switches switches play. We're just so so assured. We stopped doing that. You know, our passing is is sloppy. Uh, part, you know, the passes don't go don't go to feet, don't go to space. The movement's poor. I mean, you look at look at the the, the, the sort of death rows of that game yesterday. I saw Viner picks the ball up on the halfway line, and he's looking for somebody to pass to. Players are scared to take the ball. I think the only play, the only players who really wanted the ball that game were Alex Scott and Semenyo who can make it happen. He can spin. His, some of his first touches are ter- terrific. He can beat players with ease. He's just not composed on his shooting and on his shooting and crossing. But players have got to want the ball. They got they got to be braver in in possession, and that's the problem. Whatever formation it's you talking play, about, mental things. Good, you're talking about good, mental without stuff good movement. Again. Yes, you're talking yeah, about psychological it, take, stuff. Because if well, you take it, that, taking no. a return pass, yeah, and, and, and I think it's it's 
you know, Andy Vyman and the players that play on Son. I take I take Andy Vyman out to play a flatter midfield. Uh, I wouldn't play Sykes in mid in central midfield. Yeah. I'd, I'd hope that Williams is still fit. I put Williams, Scott, and King in there. I'd have Tanner and Pring as wing back as wing and backs get, and, don't and provide Viner, some directness. I would have I would Viner. have Semenyo and Martin. Yeah. Don't forget, Viner could move into the middle as well, yeah. Because you know, if you take well, out, yeah, if I, you I take if Callas is back, if we assume <clears throat> Callas is back in the fold now, Callas becomes a starter, as Ian said, maybe not from minute one for the next couple of weeks, but as he builds his fitness back up, Callas is a starter, and you either pay Max at sorry, Max, you either pay Zach at right back in a four, which I think. You know, is probably not his best position. Or you no, have him not. as cover. You have him as cover for Williams and or King in that slightly defensive because he shows. You know, he can put a decent ball through the middle. Um, I wouldn't <laughs> play him in midfield. I think. Well, he's only played. I, I've. You could try him in midfield. The only time Pearson's played I put him that there, on Twitter this second week, game Mark. against Swansea. He's got. I put that on. Yeah. I, don't I put it on Twitter this it. week, and somebody said he played a lot of midfield for Aberdeen when he was up there. And we all know yeah. what Scottish football is like, so maybe that's not the biggest test. Uh, Neil, what formation? You know, we're getting to the stage now where what it's, things don't seem to be working. So, what, what, not how would you line up on Tuesday, but formation? Does Pearson need to have a plan B? Because that's what we're talking about. Well, he does, but, you know, ultimately, all things aside, we are normally going forward up until the last few weeks a decent side. You know, the problems are at the other end of the pitch, aren't they? And the goals that we are conceding at the moment are down to individuals not doing their job properly, which is where he found himself over the last, well, last season and the season before. And he's probably there at the moment, scratching his head, thinking we've got back to these individuals not doing their individual job properly or making stupid mistakes. And I think that's a really difficult position for any manager to uh, legislate for players not doing their jobs in certain positions. Yesterday, if we'd, if we'd, it's a very different conversation if we drew one-one, isn't it? So. I don't think I necessarily need to have a knee-jerk reaction again. I, don't, I didn't see Millwall yesterday do to us like QPR did to us first first half, like Sunderland did to us. I don't think they completely... Yeah, they dominate. They're a big team. And yeah, we didn't necessarily compete in the way that we would have hoped. But we, we certainly competed better uh, than we did away at Birmingham, in my eyes. That's so, a very low bar, Neil. <laughs> that is <laughs> that is a very low bar. Well, I went to West Brom last season, Dave, and that was far and away for me the worst performance. Oh, when Danny Simpson um, came on as a sub, you know Sim- Simpson's back pass abortion, yeah, 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 yeah. and he never played for the club again. No, so I think I think that home game. Oh, geez, you know what you don't need with West Brom at the moment is be playing them at first home game. They've had a decent win away on the road at Reading, and and you're playing there. Um, if 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 Naismith is fit, and it's an if, obviously, I wouldn't. And closer is fit. I wouldn't be adverse to going Viner, closer Atkinson again with Callas on the bench. I completely agree with Ian in the fact that Callas has been training for four days. There's no way that you can play start him. I, I you know, he would. You you you've you got, got to, to get half an hour out of him like you you've did got to manage yes. you've got to manage his manage his minutes. So I'm not adverse to putting Naismith in the middle. You know Williams yesterday played. We played that back to back game that everybody said, "Oh, we can't really do." But at some stage, we knew that Williams would have to be called upon to do it. And I didn't think he was particularly good in any shape or form. And I think that had an impact on Scott who they closed down every time they got the ball. I mean, we're not a difficult team to play against. They know that other than Scott and Semenyo, if you can man-mark Vyman out of a game and then you've got Scott and Semenyo and pretty much everybody else in the team is going to look backwards, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. no, we have. So we're not, we're not a difficult team to set up against. Um, it's just you require an away team at Ashton Gate need to do their job. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't change the formation... I would necessarily change a few of the personnel 
if Naismith's there. I quite like him from his set-piece delivery and uh, from his passing to perhaps being in, in the centre midfield. On exactly. the left of the centre midfield rather than uh, and Scott on the right. And and uh, rather than have him making the mistakes that he has made yeah, absolutely. You, like. the, the mistakes that you see him at the back are the type of mistakes you don't see closer playing in the centre. No. All right. Um, Ian, it's oh God, four more games. Well, four games coming up. Uh, you know, we, some people say you've got to look at each game as it comes. But look, if we're sitting here, well, in fact, we'll cover the Reading game at six o'clock on Saturday. The next four games, West Brom away, Reading away, Swansea at home. Sheffield United at home, right? We got to get four points from the next four, which is a pretty basic requirement because then before the World Cup, you've just got two more games then, which are Middlesbrough away on bonfire night at the Riverside. That could be a relegation because they seem incapable of getting out of the bottom three. And then Watford, the last game before the break, and we'll talk about the break in a minute, but how are we going to feel? What's the temperature of the fan base going to be like if this time next week we've come away from a tough game at West Brom and an equally tough game at uh, what's it called select car leasing stadium uh, how, how how are we going to feel because you know West Brom probably based on not league position but based on players it's almost verging on well it's another free hit if there is such a thing Ian no, it's, it's definitely not. Don't say that. It's definitely not a free it. That's a, that's a stupid remark. Um, and it's a stupid thing. I mean, did did Blackpool, they were playing Sheffield United yesterday, did they yeah. think that was a free it and it was okay to lose? No, they right. didn't. No, they didn't. They went out there and, and played. And, yeah. Yeah, well, Blackpool, Sheffield United were 2-0 up at one time, mine. And then Blackpool yeah. went 3-2 in front and then Sheffield United pulled it back. So it's mm. the it, that's that mental attitude thing. Oh, Oh, we're playing West Brom. They got parachute money. They're really good. Well, why are they in the bottom three then? Mm. If they're really good, surely that you know their home record is poor. So go up there, get stuck into them, and beat them. Now, what was the what was the other um, what was the other question about? Oh, the other question. Feel? Well, how are you going to feel? I, I, you I know. think. Well, look, there's six games, six league games to go before the World Cup break, and one yeah. cup game, Lincoln at home, which is a right banana skin, isn't it? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. My of those six games, and someone someone said uh, yesterday. I mean, it's interesting. You talk about how will people feel on Twitter. Nigel Pearson's interview, his post match interview, was on there last uh, last night after the game. And I thought, well, I'll just look at the comments that people make on it, and I'll have a look late last night and this morning. There are thirty odd replies. And two of them are supportive. The rest that are repeatable have got hmm. things in like resign now, clear off. Hang on, is this a different interview or is it the same one I've seen 15 times this season? And, and Neil mentioned the West Brom away game last season, and that was an unacceptable performance. It was one of 12 last season. Uh, we've had, had one really unacceptable one. Uh, that was the Birmingham away game this season. So I suppose in some ways, that's an improvement. But of those six games, um, I, I would I, in those six games we're playing for eighteen points. Wouldn't it be decent if we could pick up nine or ten? <laughs> the way when you see us play, <laughs> again, when, Ian, when you, you, talk, us, about you talk about four. Hmm. And and you've said to me in the past, you know, when I've tried, and uh, <laughs> Sam on here said, here goes Dave with his extrapolation, third of the season gone, 18 points on the board, that's 54. Is it 18 or 19? Anyway, it doesn't matter. But Ian, we, we've picked up four out of the last 21, and you're telling yeah. me we're going to get nine out of the next 18? Well, if we go on with that percentage getting four out of 21, we'll get regulated. Uh, regulated, well, that's what relegated. We should be regulated. No, we will get relegated, Dave. But it's, it, you can do that at any point in the season. You can say, well, if we play, we lost the last two games. So if we lose the rest, um, we're, we're, we're going to go down with no points. So you can't really say that. I prefer to take the season as a whole and base any extrapolation on that. But it's not looking. It's, look, it's not looking good. Um, no. 
And it's All not right. just it's not it's not just the results, it's the performances. It's and the by performance the time we get to that yeah. that World Cup break, we'll have played twenty one league games. Yeah. So that is effectively half the season over. I know yeah. 23 is after season and it's normally right. Christmas. Well, let's say over those games, you know, Elliot, let's say over those games we get eight points, right? Yeah. To add to the 17 that we've got, no, 18 that we've got now. Yeah. Yeah. Eight points. That extrapolates, Sam, that extrapolates over a season to 50 points, 51 points. Yeah. And you could, I mean, teams have, teams have gone down on 53. There you go. So we're but in the shit, basically. We are in a situation where we're in the shit. We well, are. We're not, we're not in the shit around. in the Unless sense. we suddenly turn... No, unless we suddenly turn round form. And no, nobody here, none of us here, and I'm not, none of us here are calling for the manager's head or anything like that. We are in the shit, and we've got two tough away games coming up, right? That it's yeah. gonna get, We're going to be deep. We well, could be the, deeper in the shit yeah, this they, time they, next they, week. They, Dave, the manager's future and his his performance and that of his team does need to be discussed. You can't just give the bloke a free right. pass. We keep. Well, I'm not giving. Him, I'm not giving him a free pass. Let's 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 talk. And that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Let's. This becomes a more acute debate in a week's time. I want all four. What's his four of us? Isn't it? Yeah, all four of us would love nothing more than City to go to West Brom and beat them and get a point at Reading or even draw the next two games. That would give us hope coming up with Swansea and Sheffield United at home. Yeah, so two away draws to get back some sense of, you know, it's not improving the points per game, but it's... Um, somebody turn their mic off. Um, it, it's bringing things back a bit. Okay. Um, Mark, it's your shout, actually. Yeah. Are we one step away... Are we two, two defeats away from a big crisis? Well, only well, uh, Pierce, Pearson will only become come and un, really under the spotlight, really under pressure if we drop into the bottom into the bottom three. I'm not saying yeah. I don't want that. I won't want that to happen. It's just a question of confidence. City have got the ability to be, you know, to comfortably be a be a mid table team and, and looking at this league. You know the way we played against the way we played in patches against uh, against Burnley, Norwich, and certainly against Blackburn in an open game. And of course, we, not every game is an open game. We got we got to deal with the opponents that are in front of you who want to want to stifle you and break up the break up the break up the play. It's a confidence issue. Some somebody the players and the management have got to get together and sort out mentally, organise themselves better. I know we're banging our heads against a brick wall. Organise themselves better. Uh, it's set pieces and sort out the passing and the movement. The movement has been extremely poor in the last few games. We got it right in the first few games of the season. Go to West Brom. Be positive. They've they've struggled. I think they've they've only won two games all season. There's a reason for that. Right. We need to get the first goal in games. Yesterday. Semenyo puts his foot through that ball in the first the second minute from that Sykes cross. And it's, it's a different diff- game. It's a different game. Let's go there and be and be positive. We've got nothing yeah. to fear from them. Let's no. go out there and play some football and and, and, and as, you know, as go people can say, any as Jimmy Mann seventy nine and seven on here, anyone can be anyone. Uh, Neil, yeah, exactly. Fi- final point with you. Looking forward to the. Uh, to the next week and uh, the next six games, Ian's being a boy and going to six, seven games going into the World Cup, which would take us to 21 games, virtually the halfway stage. Um, you know, do you share Ian's optimism that the next seven games could yield that sort of uh, number, or are you more, you know, <laughs> there are no easy games, but you know, it, when when start Pe- of that road. When, yeah, when Pearson came to the club. What were we talking about now? About twenty months ago? No, twenty, twenty months ago, February twenty twenty. February twenty months 20, ago. Yeah, I think we all identified the summer of twenty twenty three, didn't we? And we all said we just need to make sure we're in the championship. Then that is the giant reset button, isn't it? Summer of twenty twenty three. Yeah. When all of these players that we bought in twenty nineteen and all the wages we've given out and and all the rest of it, I. You know, those players that we've had, the problems that we've had, we haven't addressed really, have we? Because we haven't been able to financially. Mm. We're at the FFP and and all the rest of it. 
and Pearson bangs his head against the brick wall, as Mark's just said. I am sure. I'm sure he thought when we were going through that excellent six, seven game run that a lot of these individual areas, players playing and all the rest of it. But the one thing is that the championship is an incredibly tight league. When we won against uh, Preston, we went from 18th to 11th with one win. Now, ultimately in that league, teams are professional. They have their analytics team. They saw what we were doing well, and then they counted it. So then what we have to do as a team is either get back to what we were doing and make it more efficient or find other ways to win games. Now, we were able to do that the other day at Preston because of Rob Atkinson. But yesterday, we weren't able to do it. Yeah. Because well, when you say have... because of Rob Atkinson, though, uh, Neil, it wasn't that we we changed to adapt the opposition. It's that Rob Atkinson got forward a couple of times, yeah, that he doesn't do. There was not a fundamental change in the way we play. It's just that he got on the end of a couple of dead ball situations that we... But it's always, really it's always useful, at. Dave, if you're going to score from corners, it's always useful to have corners. Uh, absolutely, of which we got, and we got none yesterday. I mean, I so, think the game. At so West, how Bob Atkinson can score from a corner when we didn't actually have any corners during the entire game? And quite frankly, that you know the balls into the box—they're a big team, of course they're a big team. But you, you, you play against it. There are yeah. ways when we were when we were playing well, we would have split those three centre backs, wouldn't we? We would have dragged yeah. them wide into positions they yeah. didn't like. Okay. We've got too we've got too many players who are slightly off at the moment, just 10, 15% off. And in this division where the only game Birmingham aside, every other game that we've lost has we've been competed. by one goal, isn't it? Yeah. I think we've competed. You I know, mean, it's Millwall, fine margins. It's yeah. fine margins I mean, between how, losing Millwall, by one goal and drawing. Yeah, player for player, player for player, you know, there's none of that Millwall team that if they signed for us, I'd be going, Whoa, wow, that's a good sign. Because well, that, that was a draw, points. that was a draw yesterday, Dave, wasn't it? That Which was a draw. One? A one-one. Oh. Millwall would have turned around and gone. We'll take a draw. I think, and we I think you're gone. absolutely right. And we presented uh, it to them, and it would have been four points in two home games, and then happy days sort of thing. But the yeah. frustrating thing for me is again, if you look at the, the, the table above us, yeah, there's the parachute payment clubs there, but there are other clubs there that are less resourced than we are. And I've got a point at Luton Town beating QPR. 3-1, well, that proves two things. A, that anybody can beat anybody in this division. And B, a little club with crowds less than half what we get can go out and put in decent sort of performances. And and that, that to me, is a big frustration. All right, I want to, I want to bring it to a close there, guys, because we're going to be doing two more in the next seven days. If uh, people are around on Wednesday morning, we'll be doing our review of the match at the Hawthorns. That's still retained its original name. And then Saturday evening, it being an away game, um, we'll be giving our thoughts on the game at Reading. And we really, really hope that City can win at least one of them. But as Ian has said, um, you know, it'd be nice to put in two decent performances. Even if we lost at West Brom, you know, but we put in a Norwich-type performance, I think that would appease the fans. Although based on their league position, we should we should beat them. I remember a game at West Brom about four years ago, and they scored three or four, or three worldies. We were three 0 down on that, and or maybe two 0 It was a four-two defeat, but it was one of those games where I walked away and I thought, well, we got beat. We got beaten by a better side, a bit like Norwich. But let's hope for something for the next two weeks. Ian, Mark, and Neil, thanks. Enjoy the rest of. Uh, your day and everybody thanks for listening and uh, we'll be back again soon thanks for listening to forever Bristol City Podcast all the best everyone thanks bye. everybody chin up bye, bye. everyone have bye. a good day bye 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 what if I've been unlucky really I ain't got a thing there's a time I always feel happy as happy as a king when the red red robin comes bow bow bowing along along There'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red robins are bubba bubbing along.
children come bob-bob-bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red robin starts bobbing along.